0: Welcome to Blue by 90! On this week's episode, we're joined by special guest Michael Spath from Inside the Huddle on WTKA and Wolverinedigest.com. We talk about what the season could look like now with a Big Ten conference only schedule, Harvaugh's comments about the upcoming season and COVID and the media's reaction to them, and also who we could see step up and have a breakout season this year. We'd also like to announce the winner of the Michigan Jordan football cleats from our giveaway contest on Twitter and Instagram. The winner is Steve, at May's House on Twitter. Thank you to everyone who entered, and congrats to Steve. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at BlueBy90, and look out for the next giveaway coming up soon. Also, like and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as on YouTube. You can find us there, at BlueBy90Podcast. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. This is the University of Michigan.
1: And midcourt extra pass. And it goes for the win. The three-pointer by Jordan Poole. Down the sideline. People's Jones. Touchdown.
2: Welcome to Blue by 90, your Michigan Wolverines podcast. We are three dudes who talk maize and blue. I'm Kalen, joined by Jack and Roe. Guys, how are we doing this week? Doing well.
0: We're doing good. It's it's Friday. It's been 99 degrees for a week straight here, <laughs> it seems like. But it finally rained a little bit here, so we're
2: good. Yeah, Ro, you've been what, getting out early before the sun comes up or what?
0: I know. I'm not tomato face. Isn't that... <laughs> It's wild, isn't it? So the, the
1: red yeah. has turned into a nice tan.
0: I mean, some are calling me a bronze god. I wouldn't say it, but I've just heard it from people as I've been walking down the street.
1: <laughs> it's it, it's row like w- looking in the mirror in the morning in the bathroom, brushing his teeth. Like, you're a bronze god, you're a bronze god. <laughs>
0: I've I've got perfect lighting in my bathroom, so I've you know <laughs> s- situated it so it it just has a nice golden bronze reflection on me. Dude, lighting's everything. I'll like take my shirt
1: off in my bathroom, and I got these rolls, but the way the lighting hits, it looks like a six pack. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing.
2: It's amazing. <laughs>
1: never, I'll never use another bathroom again.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, another good news. I mean, Jack, you got married last weekend, so congrats on that, man.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Congratulations, Jack. Uh, or I mean, did we lose him? Or is, yeah. is this it? <laughs> He's gone. He's gone now. I'm not allowed to come back. This is my last episode. This, <laughs> this is, I mean, this Heather's barged in on every episode, so I feel like now, you know, she has you locked down. So she's gonna keep coming in more and more and more. I know there's no repercussions now. Exactly. You can't leave her.
2: too much paperwork too much money (laughs) yeah next time she barges in ask her for her zero to 90 i'll have
1: have to put her on the spot she's like hot take this is stupid stop doing it
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's great well um what do you say we move on to our uh um the rest of our show with our special guest right our special guest this week is michael spath um, he's on WTKA 1050 Sports Talk. He's a broadcaster on Inside the Huddle. Publisher Wolverine Maven, WolverineDigest.com. I mean, the guy is everywhere. So I think it'll be a good, uh, good interview.
1: Yeah, and he actually he's going to be instructing a class this fall. Well, hopefully this fall, depending on what's going on with the students, and I don't know how that'll affect it. But he's taking over for uh, John U. Bacon. For some, oh, yeah. I think history of collegiate athletics uh, class at the University of Michigan, so that's pretty cool too. I'm I'm excited to hear what uh what he has to say. Yeah.
0: Those are uh, those are big shoes to fill for sure. John Bacon is a is a big name, and he's you know he's got the in with Harbaugh. I know for a lot of his books and stuff. I know Spath doesn't have uh, as good of a relationship with Harbaugh. I don't think, but. Um, <laughs> He still has some great things to say, I'm sure, and he knows, you know, he has a ton of knowledge about Michigan in specific and college football in general from all the years he's been around the program.
2: Yeah, so stay tuned for our uh, interview with Michael Spath. All right, here we are with special guest, Michael Spath. Michael, thanks for coming on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I actually like you got Jack, who like, clearly his wife has designed what's behind him in the house, and Kalen looks like he's like in his bedroom, and <laughs> Justin's got the Ann Arbor bars uh, picture behind him, so he's either like in his like man cave, or or maybe he just litters that throughout his house. So I really like <laughs> the backdrops, everybody's everybody's screen right now.
1: Yeah, I got. I'm in our guest room right now, which is clearly not designed by me. As you can tell by the the fluffy pillows, I have have two pillows, and that's about it.
3: (laughs) Jack, like that's
2: that's right up your alley, man. That's where I assumed you slept there every night, (laughs) only when I'm in trouble.
3: (laughs) And there, and there.
2: (laughs) Well, Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Um, now I know that you wrote a really good article this week that got a lot of traction, um, specifically. Um, It kind of had some stuff to do with uh, when football was coming back and some things that you were hearing. Um, And I just wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about it. And hopefully you had uh, something to elaborate about that.
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it's interesting because when I wrote that on Sunday and I had talked to numerous sources, including uh, a couple of coaches at Michigan in the week leading up to that, You know, all the information I had at the time was the most recent information. And then in the last four days, so much has changed, including the announcement today about the Big Ten that they would have a conference-only football schedule. Um, That is something that we talked about, uh, that I talked about with my sources. They thought there was a better chance that there would be a regional schedule, which meant that they would drop a couple of Big Ten games. They were certainly... The one thing that everybody I talked to was 100% adamant about was that there was going to be no Arkansas State game and there was going to be no Washington game on the schedule because Michigan was not going to travel out to Seattle and risk, you know, even though they charter planes, there is a a greater inherent risk when you're flying, when you're staying in a hotel multiple nights. Um, That was not going to happen. And the other thing I was told was that the Arkansas State game, if you're going to cancel Michigan going out to Washington, you're certainly not going to allow Arkansas State to come down from or come up from – you know, way down there, um, all the way up to Michigan, and have to do the same type of thing that Michigan's going to have to do in Seattle. So, those are the de- definitive things that I was told. Uh, also told that there was a possibility of a regional schedule, or that there could be an opportunity where teams might have to play um, other Big Ten teams twice just to fill out a schedule. Uh, certainly, the announcement today made it definitive uh, that the Big Ten was only going to have is only going to have conference games. More talk has been about, you know, that they're going to front load, that they're going to kind of blow up the schedule right now as it stands. Um, and they're going to front load all of your your division games so that Michigan will play um, its six, you know, East division teams as quickly as possible in case. I mean, the fact that they, they announced that tells you that, sure, they're not sure if they're going to start the season. But if they do start the season, they don't expect to finish the season with all their games that's what that said to me today so yeah I mean there's been a lot of talk about what's going to happen and and certainly um, my sources kept on saying like look like this is what's going to have to happen for football season to take place at all and I was hoping that they were going to be wrong today's announcement from the Big Ten seems like they were closer and closer to the truth that they knew what was coming and all of us are kind of left picking up the pieces and trying to figure out like what does this mean for college football? What does this mean for the Big Ten, and certainly what does it mean for Michigan?
2: Right, and just to be clear, too, I believe that today they announced uh, that it was a ten-game conference-only schedule. Correct, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, they what? didn't.
0: They didn't say the ten-game. Right.
2: They didn't say ten-game. 10 okay.
3: No, they've said conference-only, which you know. Without being specific, I mean, right now every team is playing nine conference games. What I've been told is nine or ten. They'd like to balance it out with ten conference games um, so they have five home and five away. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think they've definitively said that yet. They certainly haven't said there's going to be 12 games. Uh, They haven't announced, like, when that schedule is going to take place, whether it's going to be the opening weekend or they're going to delay it a little bit. Um, I I think they're going to try to space this out so that teams have time to adapt. Because one of the things that you guys are probably aware of, too, is people, kids are going to, you know, athletes are going to test positive for COVID. They've already tested positive for COVID. And the subplot of going on this season that I I certainly think people are aware of a little bit is there's going to be star players and big-time players that are testing positive for COVID at certain points in the season and all of a sudden have to sit out for two weeks. And so how was that going to, I mean, if you're Clemson and Trevor Lawrence tests positive for COVID, he's got to sit out for two weeks and you're playing Florida State and, I don't know, Notre Dame, right, on your schedule back-to-back, like that is a far bigger impact on you than if your backup left tackle test positive for COVID and has to sit out for two weeks.
0: And, yeah, yeah, we've actually – go ahead, Jack.
1: Well, I was going to say, I know we've talked about it before where, you know, our running back room seems to be pretty deep this year, and same with, uh, I mean, quarterbacks. We have two quarterbacks. Nobody knows who's going to start yet. I mean, that puts Michigan in a better situation. You know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But in this scenario, that could be helpful to us where it might hurt other
3: programs. Yeah, I mean, every team's going to probably look at their positions that they're stronger and weaker at right now. I mean, if you're looking at Michigan you say, God, you know, the worst-case scenario is a couple of players from a certain position group testing positive at the same time. And for Michigan, that would be defensive tackle. You know, if you had Chris Hinton and Carlo Kemp Test positive around the same time, or even if you just lose one of those guys for two weeks, that's a significant blow to a a position group for Michigan that is relatively weak still. Your quarterback, you feel pretty good about running back, you feel good about wide receiver, you feel good about. I think offensive line is the other one. While everybody thinks that they're going to reload, what I've been told is that Michigan feels really good about six or seven guys on that offensive line. So if you were to lose two or three of them at one time, you know, that would be so. I mean, That's a part of college football here that every program is going to have to deal with, right? I mean, it's going to happen to Ohio State. It's going to happen to Penn State. It's going to happen to Indiana. It's just a matter of, does Michigan play Wisconsin in week – right now it's week four. But do they play Wisconsin in week four with, you know, the majority of their best players? Or are they missing three or four key guys and Wisconsin's doing okay? I mean, those are all the things going on. And, you know, frankly, if there's a college football season, we'll all be like, okay, talking about those issues – if there's a college football season, if there's not a college football season, then I mean, it's all just getting blown up anyway.
0: Hey, so I've had, you know, talked to some people at Michigan as well in the athletic department on the university side as well. um, And on the big 10 conference side in their offices in Chicago. And I've gotten different messages from each of those, you know, some have said there's nothing different uh, now than it was two to three weeks ago. Some have said that they'd be shocked if there wasn't a season just because of the financials that come around with it. It powers everything in the athletic department and the Big Ten Conference. Um, and then another one said, the season is canceled. This is it right now. We won't have a season this fall, maybe this spring. So I think it's just it's just still so far up in the air that nobody knows. And the the decision today by the Big Ten to come out with a Big Ten only – I could see that coming out and saying, okay, that's softening the blow when they actually do cancel the season in two to three weeks here or something. Um, But right now on July 9th, I don't know how they could say, you know, here's what we're going to have. Here's what we're not going to have because of the uncertainties
3: going into the next month or two. Well, I'll tell you two things that um, from two different coaches at Michigan that I was told in the last week, Uh, One from an Olympic sports coach uh, who is, uh, let's say, a fall fall season sport. Um, And this person told me that, uh, you know, that they have no desire to travel. They have no desire to go on the road. Um, This person said that if there is a season, the only only games that they want to play are all regional games that they can bus to, get on the bus, bus to, play the game, get off, get out, back on the bus, and drive back to Ann Arbor. And that was the only scenario where this particular coach felt comfortable putting uh, you know, him or herself and the student-athletes in a position where they felt good about it. And so if that's the case, I mean, that eliminates so much of these schedules if all you're doing are regional games that you can bus to. The other one was from a coach at Michigan that coaches a winter sport and said, look, if there's no football season – there is only one other sport that the University of Michigan has a chance to play uh, this year, and that's college basketball. And they said, if there's no football season in the fall, every other sport gets wiped out, and that's not a Michigan thing, specifically. That is a, a cross-college athletics thing. So if you eliminate football this fall, then we're not talking about, God, we'll wait till we get to basketball season, wait till we get to hockey season, wait till we get to baseball season. We're maybe praying to God college basketball takes place because nothing else is yeah. that's brutal that's 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 not good news
0: that's not good news <laughs> what makes yeah, sense?
3: It, yeah you know the one other part too and look i i bristled i bristled at this big time back in the spring when people you know you had the you know all up in their high horse saying like well it's just sports like give me a break like it is just sports it is not just sports okay first of all let's start with in the in the professional ranks you have people that make their livelihood off of it right I mean athletes you can say what they want that they're millionaires that some of these guys make a hundred million dollars or more but you've got you've got players you've got uh, the front office you've got scouts you've got ushers you've got all the people that are going to the stadium every single week that are making money off it now you come down to like the college level you've got a lot of college athletes. Let's face it. Even at a place like Michigan, where everyone wants to say that Michigan does everything the right way, most of these kids that are showing up at the University of Michigan have one goal, and that is to play in the NFL. It's not to get a engineering degree or a business degree or a law degree from the University of Michigan. It's to play in the NFL. And so you take away a college football season, and now their opportunity to play in the NFL gets hurt. So like, there's that trickle down effect. You guys have a podcast, Blue by Ninety that you guys really love to doing. If there's no college football season, your podcast is gone, right? Like no one wants to listen to three guys. Talk about like the the purple pillows behind Jack, you know, my my radio show is gone. If there's no college football season, because no one wants to listen to me talk about like, Oh, well, uh, you know, the, uh, major league baseball or in the playoffs, right? Like, Nobody cares about that kind of stuff. College football and NFL drive everything. And if there's no college football and there's no NFL, 50% of sports media jobs are gone like that. And the trickle-down impact is so significant. So when people say to me, like, it's just sports, I always want to be like to you. I won't say it on your podcast, but I have some very strong language that I tend to use for that. (laughs)
1: And yeah, I mean, basically that's like, that's attacking, almost like attacking you. Like that's your livelihood, right? Like you, you talk about sports, like that's your job. It's wild.
2: Yeah. Yeah, We'll have to start uh, firing up those TikTok beer reviews or something. (laughs) (laughs) It,
0: It hits home for me too, because my girlfriend is the assistant director of game presentation for the Michigan athletic department. So even before we were talking about no football or football, it was, Fans or no fans. Mm-hmm. If there's no fans at a game, the game presentation and the fan experience doesn't matter, right? So th- we have so many jobs, so many examples right now, you know, right in front of our faces of how it really affects sports and how sports affect, you know, the livelihoods of so many people. I, I The the same source that was um, talking or said that the season would be canceled said that would be a $1 billion plus loss for the big 10 conference if fall football is canceled so yeah there's a lot to that that's a lot of money that's a lot of jobs that's a lot of livelihoods
3: well you know what i was i was curious about this when i was here coming here all these people say oh it's just sports it's just sports and i decided to look this up and i spent probably way too much time trying to find this but i think that the sports industry is something like 2.8 percent of our gross domestic product in the united states now, that's not 20 percent or 30 percent, but I don't know how many industries are probably more than, you know, 6 percent or something like that. So you eliminate 3 percent of the gross domestic product in the United States. Now, certainly across the economy, we've taken a lot of hits. But, you know, sports bars. I don't know what's your favorite sports bar that you go to in Ann Arbor. You know, one of my sponsors is the Pretzabel. The Bell would go out of business. Um, you know, the big pretzel
1: bell people, big pretzel bell guys,
3: Buffalo wild wings would go out of business. You know, the haymaker (laughs) I mean, all these places would go out of business because most of their businesses tied towards tied to sports. And so just think about that trickle down effect and yeah, we'd all be, we'd all be, I hope you guys all have really good day jobs. Um, and you know, Jack, I hope you married well. That's the, that was the (laughs) key to my life. i married really well. My wife has a great job. And so I have a sugar mama, so I don't need, you know.
1: <laughs> 100%. That was, that was the first, you know, the first
3: ingredient of that, uh, of that love right there. So yeah, yeah. I'm lucky. i okay? <laughs> or generous or loving, or going to be a great mom or a great wife. Will she be my sugar mama? That's all that really mattered, right? <laughs> I would, I would love just... to
1: see the look on your wife's face. Cause I'm assuming she's right there in front
3: of you
2: she is uh, none too happy at the moment <laughs> <laughs> we'll just hide this clip from heather so okay <laughs> yeah.
1: oh yeah she'll have the same reaction i'm sure <laughs> that's now,
2: now speth i'm curious have you heard anything about pushing the season back because i have heard some rumors about playing in april and things like that
3: yeah i mean i think that's more of a fan hopeful narrative than it's a realistic one um it creates so many problems You know, beyond like the NFL draft, and beyond the fact that you play in a spring season, and then what are you going to do? Are you going to move football permanently to the spring, or are you going to play in March, April, and early May, and then turn around and play again in September, October, November? That doesn't seem like it really jibes really well. Uh, What I've also been told is that the money is just not there to do it. If you lose football in the fall, it's going to be really hard for any any athletic department to maintain uh, the the, the staff that is necessary to ramp up football in the spring. Um, You know, how do you pay for all these different things? And so I I think the, the financial impact and the timing impact make it almost impossible. But that said, what's the alternative? You cancel football in the fall and then there's just no football at all until next year? I mean, what does that look like? How many? If that happens, the big the the question is is what is what does college athletics look like in the fall of two thousand twenty one? How many football programs have survived? I'll tell you, all the Group of Fives conferences are gone, all of them are gone. Um, The Olympic sports, probably outside of baseball and softball, you know, hockey, which is quasi a revenue sport. I think they break even for Michigan most of those sports are are like the Michigan has what, 30 varsity sports right now. I think 25 of them would be gone like that. And then you've got title IX issues and you've got to like stay within, you know, federally legislated laws that say you have to be able to offer. So if that's the case now, are you cutting in order to like keep that in, in place? You still keep football, but you have to have 85 female scholarships. So you have a couple of female sports but you can't have any more male sports. So hockey and college basketball are gone. I mean, this is what we're talking about here, folks. This is the, this is the end of everything. If there's no college football in the fall.
1: And I know we've kind of talked about this too, is like, this could possibly be an opportunity. It might get us into a whole different conversation. So Kalen cut me off if you need to, but (laughs) what if it could be something where let's say they do move football to the spring for Michigan, that could be a better opportunity to play football in the spring rather than the fall, just weather wise. And then you move maybe, let's say baseball and softball to the fall where there's a little transition there. I don't know. I, I, I'd assume that football players would kind of almost do the same season, just kind of reverse where it's colder in the beginning and then warmer in the end. But I know for baseball and softball, it'd be, that'd be perfect weather in the fall. Not that we you know, we need to put anything around them because football is the, is the breadwinner of Michigan.
3: Yeah, I mean, if it were to happen, I, I think you'd get really creative with certain things. I think certainly Michigan baseball or baseball overall, um, you know, being played in, say you started the season like the first of August and you had August, September, really nice weather in Michigan, October, you're trying to get, you know, finishing up because then you get to November and my God, um, could you imagine the, you know, the Big Ten baseball tournament in November? I mean, it'd be as bad as ha- it's as bad as the Big Ten starting its baseball season in March, which it does right now a little bit, right? So, no, I mean there'd be a lot of give and take. I- I'll tell y- I'll tell you this: if football has to play in the spring, that's the only way that it can exist. That's the only way that it can make money is by moving to the spring. Twenty other varsity sports at Michigan and all the other varsity sports across the college uh, college athletics um, landscape would say, "What do you need us to do?" What, how do we need to adapt? Because they are all understanding that they don't exist without football. So if that means softball plays in the fall, if that means you know hockey plays in the middle of the summer, so be it. That's what's going to have to take place because everything revolves around college football.
2: Very well said. Yep. We need college football. I know I need it in my life, and I'm sure yep. all of you guys too. Um, so let's move on to our second down segment, um, Harbaugh's presser um he kind of had this quote that was very much like chopped up and taken out of context um and feel free to jump in if i'm getting this wrong at any point but i'm pretty sure to kind of paraphrase here he said something in terms of um we understand covid as kind of a part of our society at this point and when they say that you know when the officials come out and say we should not play because that will make things worse we're gonna Them because that's what we do here, but as far as I understand right now, they're not saying that playing football is going to make things worse. And our guys want to play, so we're ready to play in the fall as of right now. Does that sound about right to everybody?
3: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I I think I think Harbaugh actually, if you watched the entire Zoom uh, teleconference or read the entire transcript, I mean, he he struck a really strong chord. He said, I'm looking out for my student athletes, I'm looking out for my players. And, and as long as they tell me, as long as our medical community tells me we can play, we're going to play. If they tell me we can't play, we're not going to play, and that's okay. But what, you know, we're all, I mean, I'm you know, i part of the media. You guys are, um, as a podcast, I don't know if you guys consider yourself part of the media yet. You're trying to work your way up there. Uh, but, I mean, we're our own worst enemy, right? Like, all we want is more hardball access. All we want is more Michigan access, and then the very thing that we do is take a snippet of what he said, the very salacious part, and we turn it into yellow journalism where we just drop that and we say, everybody, look what Jim Harbaugh said. And then two hours later, we come back and be like, oh, by the way, that's not really what he said. He said something else. Let me explain the whole thing. I thought there was a great example yesterday, and, and I don't want to identify the author by by name. I don't think we need to do that. Um, he writes for The Athletic. We can go ahead and say his publication. But someone said to me, it's like you literally walking by and like dropping a match into a tinderbox and then be like, hey, everybody, look at this fire. Let me I'm going to write a story about this fire that's going on. Does everybody want to read about it? I mean, that's what he did. So I had a, the way that I started my show today, I went for like 20 minutes straight, just absolutely crushing this. thinking, Talking about how unfair it is. Uh, It was. It was. I'm sure your guys thought to the same thing. I mean, that Harbaugh is not the easiest person to deal with in the media. Um, He's adversarial, but we don't make our jobs any easier by taking his his words and completely taking them out of context.
0: And yeah, so Harbaugh is this guy right That. Allow anybody into anything, right? He never has been this way. He withholds information, whether it be you know we've seen the roster back in you know what whatever year that was. He didn't even put out a, a depth chart, you know all these things. It's to that point for Harbaugh, but I know why. It's it's because of things like this, right? If I'm Harbaugh and this is what's going to happen every time I talk, I'm going to sit my ass inside Shenbeckler Hall and not say a damn word to anybody. Why would you? I'm going to coach my team. I'm going to do what I need to do. But why would I go out and say more than I need to say to when it causes this much of a stir, and it's always twisted into something negative for him? Rarely, rarely, rarely is it twisted into something positive. It's because Harbaugh gets the clicks. I understand that from a media perspective. But like you said, you know, from a media person, and I heard you talking about this on your show this morning you know, it really irks to you because you want him to come and talk to you more that, that would, you know, help everybody. It'd be, you know, the fans want it. You guys want it. Everyone wants it. But then when he happens, you're not going to get more of that.
3: No. And it's, I mean, look at like the things that he's been ripped for. He got ripped for being at uh, spring train with the, I think the Oakland A's and being a first base coach. Uh, he got ripped for, you know, when people accuse him of not being for the student athlete, like he took three years worth of his teams on overseas trips to experience something like study abroad that they would never experience in their lives. And he comes back to the States and people are like, just win football games. OK, like nobody cares about like going to Ireland or going to France or going to Italy or just South
0: beat Ohio State,
3: just beat Ohio State. <laughs> you know, he, he, he does satellite camps with. You know, even if there was some recruiting opportunities for Michigan, he does satellite camps with a fairly altruistic idea of, like, exposing college coaches to, student, uh, to, to high school athletes that wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity, and he gets ripped for it. He suggests that there should be a automatic first-time transfer um, for all, for all uh, players as long as you're in good academic standing. He gets ripped for it. Um, he suggests that there should be a college football playoff that expands to eight or 16 teams. And Jack Holes on one come out and say, like, well, the only reason he's saying that is because he can't make the college football playoff with four teams. Like, it is so utterly ridiculous. Whatever he says, he gets ripped for. And, look, there's one thing to criticize Jim Harbaugh for, and that's the fact that in five years, he hasn't beaten Ohio State. He hasn't gotten to a Big Ten championship. And, frankly, what we all thought we were getting when he signed on to be the head coach in December 2014 um has not come to fruition yet. That's what you criticize Jim Harbaugh for. The rest of this stuff is utter BS what the people are criticizing him for.
2: Yeah, and all that underperformance to the tune of almost $8 million, right? I mean, it, when you're paying him that much, we expect him to capitalize too. I think that's another point worth mentioning. You know what? Uh,
3: the money thing, I'll tell you, I've had this conversation a lot of times. I don't think the money thing is relevant at all because... Matthew Stafford, at one point, was the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Why was he the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL? Because that's what the market dictated. Jim Harbaugh is a Super Bowl-appearing coach who's won multiple titles in the NFL, who had a great success at Stanford. If you would have come—when he got signed in 2014, December 2014, you said, how much is Jim Harbaugh worth on the market right now as a college or NFL head coach? Everybody in this room would have said— I don't know, somewhere between six and $10 million. What is he making? $8 million. So I don't think when you say like, well, he should be, you know, you should have to demand something from him because he's making 8 million bucks. That's what the market pays. Okay, it pays Jeff Brome a certain amount of money because he got courted by Louisville. It pays Ryan Day a certain amount of money because he proved himself after year one. It pays everybody what they're worth based off of what the market is. Now the market is about to change dramatically. And someone like Jim Harbaugh going forward might be worth four million bucks, but that's because the market is changing, not because of you know what he's what he's worth in that market.
2: Okay, well that's a great point. I mean, you put the economic spin on it now.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, he he could if he went back on the market, NFL teams would be offering ten mil, you know, left and right. I would assume so. There'd be probably ten teams out there that would offer that. So. Yeah, you're 100% right. And, and going back to, to what we were originally talking about here um, with his comments and everything like that, to me, I don't think it's that crazy that a guy that makes his living off of coaching college football is advocating for playing college football, you know, for himself. And then, like you said, for his player advocating for these guys to play college football, whether or not, you, whether you like it or not, these guys make the, make a living off of college football and playing it, whether it's in the college uh, world or the next level. So it's not that crazy to me that a guy who makes his living off of coaching and playing college football wants college football to happen, you know, the the virus aside or not.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree. I mean, you know, we had Zoltan Mesko on my show on Wednesday and Zoltan... Um, you know, played, he, he got drafted, I think, by the Patriots. At least at some point he played for the Patriots, and he played for Bill Belichick, and he said, look, I got cut because I, you know, had a m- minor injury, and I missed a couple of weeks, and I wasn't, when I came back, I wasn't as effective as I was beforehand, and Bill Belichick's like, screw you, you can't help me win football games anymore, I'm dumping you. Even though Zoltan Mesko was making about $600,000, which is not very much money in the NFL, but he's like, gone. And you know, what Zoltan said is in college football, if you are paying Jim Harbaugh $8 million, you're not paying him $8 million to be a great ambassador for Michigan to graduate students. We can all, that's all, that's a hunky dory, but he's being paid $8 million because his value is that he wins football games. And so, yes, for him, he's looking at the season and saying, I want to coach football. My players want to play football. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes certain sense that he's advocating for a football season. But I will tell you what, I don't know Jim Harbaugh very well. Um, we're not buddy-buddy. Um, I know that, you know, the, the Michigan football uh, department and the coaching staff doesn't really care for my criticism of their success. But at the same time, I mean, he is someone that, as an alum of the University of Michigan, I'm proud he's my football coach because he does look out for student-athletes, and if it comes – that they have to cancel this season. He'll be the first one to say, this was what was in the best interest of all of our team, of our entire team. And I support it hundred percent.
2: Very well said. I, I think we're all and Harbaugh supporters, right?
0: We are for sure. And, and going back to the player side too, you know, I, you had my cousin Craig on uh, the other, other week too. Whoa, 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 whoa. Our, whoa. Our
3: cousin so Craig is Craig Rowe and Justin Rowe are cousins.
0: <laughs> oh yeah
3: yes wow. yes
1: nice.
3: yep
0: um yes yes we are <laughs> um but i'm the i'm the better athlete obviously i'm sure you can tell <laughs> you know i mean by my what and... <laughs> 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 i i'm probably faster than him at this point he's he's gotten fat you know he's got to be he's got to bulk up for
3: the cfl He's a professional athlete, and you're a better athlete than he is. Okay, sure. Okay, go ahead, John. <laughs> just
1: we gotta, we gotta have Spath on more often, just for you know, like, just
0: just for this. I love it. <laughs> Craig's <laughs> probably gonna listen to this. He's gonna be like, "Are you?" He's gonna text me. Are you kidding me, man? Like, <laughs> this is no joke. He's gonna fly out to me and be like, "All right, let's go one on one." He's that competitive. That'd be great content. We should do it. <laughs> At, uh the his or his quote was many players out there would die to play football. Right. Uh, and that is not, you know, I, it's, it's taken out of context a little bit because nobody would actually want to die for football, but these guys have worked their whole lives. I know him and he has literally put in thousands and thousands and thousands of hours into film, into training. I mean, he was eating 5,000 calories a day in, co- in college and just stuffing his face cause he needed to put on more poundage. These guys have sacrificed anything for it. So they are willing to do a lot of things to make it to the next level and play this game.
3: No, and that that is what he said. I mean, is is they're willing to sacrifice. And and his argument was essentially that um, he said, look, if you told me that I had a risk of getting COVID because I was going to get together and train with my teammates, I would do it anyway. And he said, if you told me after week one that 10 of my teammates – Um, tested positive for COVID within an hour I'd be at the training um, you know in in, in the gym working out and if you told me that guys were going to miss time because they tested positive for COVID I would still be training because like that is the football mindset that's the football culture that they're just geared towards football is all that matters and we're just going to do everything possible to play football so yeah that that is what his point was and I'm I think he would just kick Justin's ass in every in every competitive <laughs> event possible. All so. right,
0: all right. We, we gotta Beth make that. That is happen not get back to anything.
2: <laughs> Video evidence.
0: I I will say he I agree with you. He would do anything for football because I've watched him crack ten raw eggs into a blender, blend it up, and just chug it. So yeah. He'd do anything to to play football because that's what he was doing to try and gain weight.
3: (laughs) But you haven't eaten raw eggs, a dozen raw eggs. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You haven't seen
0: Rocky.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) This is why he made it to the NFL. And I am sitting here drinking a beer right now.
2: Yeah. Those raw (laughs) eggs better be in a beer bong, I guess. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on to our third down segment. A, hopefully a much happier topic because in this world we're assuming that we're playing football and we're assuming uh that we're all watching football as well who do you think has the best chance to replace dpj and Tariq? which freshman will make the biggest impact this year uh, So, this spath what you got
3: just about freshmen or or anybody that can replace them if you know somebody else i mean yeah because i'm not i'm not a I really rarely talk freshmen up because I have seen freshmen five stars come in four stars, you know, you see a unheralded three-star from New York who Tom Lemming said the only chance he had a chance to play at a big time school was to be a cornerback. And he ended up being the all-time leading rusher in Michigan football history. So I don't ever really talk about what freshmen are going to do. I'm more so focusing on the second year players, the third year players. And to me, I have an absolute – oh, man, this was going to sound really bad. I'm really excited about Giles Jackson. I think Giles Jackson is – you could understand where I was going with that.
2: Um, <laughs> Giles
3: Jackson is, is going to be the best athlete at the wide receiver position that Michigan has had since Steve Breston. Wow. And I hope to God that Michigan uses Giles Jackson like Purdue uses Rondell more and that they didn't quite use Steve Breston well enough. I mean, I think the, the thing that frustrates me more than anything else as a Michigan fan for the last 20 years covering this team, but even beyond that, is coaches who have an extremely s- superb talent and don't use that talent to the fullest of their ability, right? I mean, like someone like Charles Woodson finishes his school and you say, there's not anything else that they could have gotten out of Charles Woodson. You know? Brandon Graham finishes and you're like, damn, the guy had 26 and a half tackles for loss. He had more than eight sacks in three of his seasons. They ain't nothing else that they're gonna get out of Brandon Graham. But Jabril Peppers finishes his school at Michigan. You say, they ran this this guy as a freaking Wildcat quarterback. Five years after the Wildcat quarterback was no longer any good. They didn't do anything else with him. Like that pisses you off. Rashawn Gary, they wasted his talent. Steve Breston was Steve Breston was Percy Harvin. Steve Breston was Anthony Carter. Steve Breston was the most unique athlete Michigan had had in 20 years. And they were like, let's have you be a wide receiver on the outside. Sometimes we'll hand the ball off to you. Just a complete and utter waste. And so I don't want to see that happen with Giles Jackson. If they use him the way that they're capable of using him, this is a guy that should touch the ball 15 to 20 times a game. A game. Okay. He should be getting five touches in the backfield. He should be getting – he should be targeted ten times as a wide receiver and just let this guy run wild. I think all the stat I looked up the other day was in his true freshman year. Now, again, it was only about 20 touches. But I think like 25% of his offensive touches went for 20 yards or more. That's an incredible stat. And if he could – now, you give him 50 or 60 touches in a season, maybe you say like there's just no way that 25% of them are going for 20-plus yards. But I think if you truly put him in speed and space, Giles Jackson, Giles Jackson goes for 20 plus yards on 25 percent of his offensive touches. If that's 20 touches, or 40 touches, or 60 touches, that's the guy I'm excited about.
0: So, so do you see Giles Jackson playing that slot position, or is he going to get some snaps, you know, in the backfield or end around? You know, how do you see all those all that all yardage coming out? All of it.
3: You take J.U. Chesson. Remember when J.U. Chesson was their end-around specialist? Give him those. Um, put him in the backfield and motion him out as a – you know, motion him out into the slot where the linebacker is now carding, guarding him instead of a, a nickelback and let him try to exploit that linebacker. I, I will tell you what will happen. That linebacker will be like, dude, how did I get to sign this, this terrible assignment, right? Put him in the backfield. Hand the ball off to him. Um Give him like pitches, you know, halfback tosses, and and get a pulling guard out in front of him. Hopefully, they have someone like Cesar Ruiz, a pulling center that can get out in front of him. Throw him the ball on bubble screens. Throw him the ball on, um, you know, the the screen that they used with uh, Donovan Peoples Jones last year. Uh, throw him the ball on crossing routes, and you know what? Let him go deep too, and try to exploit that matchup. I think you get him the ball in every way possible. I'm Josh Gaddis, and From, you know, having some conversations, I think Josh Gaddis is prepared to use Giles Jackson in a way that we've never seen a football player at the University of Michigan use. Maybe you'd have to go back to when Rich Rod first started and what they tried to do with Martavius Odoms. And Martavius Odoms wasn't super fast, and so they never really took off. They wanted to bring in Terrence Robinson and do things with him. But then they got like Denard Robinson, and they're like, hey, we got Denard Robinson. Why would we ever take the ball out of this guy's hands and give it to somebody else? Um, but I think you're going to see something very unique among uh, with this Michigan football team. If there's a football season.
0: Well, and you saying putting a linebacker on a receiver just gave me so many nightmares because we've seen that on our defense against other offenses. So um, (laughs) yeah, if we could do that to other defenses, that'd be fantastic. Um, The other, the other couple guys that I wanted to highlight. So, do you think – so Ronnie Bell was obviously used a lot last year. Do you think he can move to the outside um, and be as effective or even more effective? And then do you think Mike Sainer still can be the guy that maybe moves in a little bit to that slot receiver, you know, when Giles isn't used?
3: Yeah, I think they're, the, the Sainer still – the only difference between Giles and Sainer still is I think Giles is a little bit faster. And, God, i like, man, he just seems to have that it factor but um, Mike Sanders still, in the the brief instances we saw of him, what he looked like against Notre Dame, he looked really good. Uh, his ability to make some, you know, to wiggle a little bit and, and to create some space for himself. So I was shocked, honestly, that we didn't see more of Mike Sanders still a year ago because the spring of 2019 he was getting the ball a ton, and then he disappeared from, uh, you know, disappeared from the game plan the first like six to eight weeks of the season. So yeah, I would expect to see more of Mike Sanders still in terms of Ronnie Bell. Yeah, I mean, why not put him on the edge? You know, he is six one. He does have the size. Um, he has been working out with Joe Milton. If Joe Milton's a starting quarterback, Ronnie Bell is like, dude, I got my Shea Patterson here. I got the guy who knows me. If it turns out to be Dylan McCaffrey, Ronnie Bell's like, oh, damn. Well, I guess my days as being the number one receiver are gone because um, he hasn't spent any time with him. But at the same time, like, You know, Dylan McCaffrey's been working out in Colorado, so he hasn't spent time with Nico Collins or Giles Jackson. But, but yeah, I really like Ronnie Bell. I really like this receiver core. I really just want to see them utilized to the best of their ability because this could be the best wide receiver core in the Big Ten. But I feel like the last couple of years, and you want to go back even to, like, the Brady Hoke era, we have been seeing, like, this is a guy who's incredibly talented. Nico Collins' career receptions, his best season is 38 catches. 38 catches for that guy who every time you throw the ball to him, anywhere near him, he goes up and catches it. How does that guy have 38 as his best single season? How does that guy in the red zone, how is he not targeted every time you go to the red zone? Every time you go to the red zone. Like, I don't understand things like that. People always say that football is a very complicated game, and yet it's also a very simple game. I have a matchup advantage at this position. I'm going to use that to my, you know, I'm going to use that as much as I possibly can. And it seems like Michigan, maybe it's just because I follow them more than I follow Wisconsin or Ohio State or Indiana or Penn State, but it seems like Michigan literally goes like, oh, Nico Collins, he's better than any cornerback he's going up against. You know what we're going to do? We're going to use him as a decoy this whole game. Like, what is that? What? Preaching (laughs) to the
0: choir. I I mean, he should, Nico should get a target on every four downs to me yeah. it, it blows. And in and, and that I think should be a deep ball because he comes down with it, This is probably not a real stat, but like 90% of deep balls he comes down with somehow. I mean, be accurate.
3: Yeah. It'd be really nice if a quarterback could throw him a deep ball where he doesn't have to stop and wait for three <laughs> seconds and then jump ball to catch the ball and then just go down. Like if you yeah. could hit Nico Collins in stride, uh-huh. He would have he would have had five more touchdowns last year if you hit him in the stride. But, you know, look, I'm not a huge Shea Patterson fan. I don't want to, like, kill the guy, rail against him. But here was Shay Patterson's problem, is that he waited too long to throw the ball, and then he had a 50-yard maximum. 50 yards is not bad as a college quarterback, but he could throw the ball 50 yards. And if you look at every time he threw an Eagle Collins, the Iowa game, the Notre Dame game, the Penn State game, uh, I think the Maryland game at the end of the year, every single time, He would wait. He'd wait too long. He would throw it 50 yards. Nico Collins would get there and be like, all right, I'll stop my route. I'll wait here. Okay, I'll jump up and get it. Like every single time.
2: Yeah, can't have that. Yeah.
3: If
0: if you checked our Twitter at all, which I'm assuming you didn't, but I posted a a video of – Oh, you got killed today. I, I did, but I also got, (laughs) I, I got killed and like people liked it too, but the spate, the spate video, like I didn't see. So it was the video of, of, uh, Wilton spate to Amara Darbo in Wisconsin game at the end of the game. He dropped it in 45 yards. I think it was, but I didn't, I don't remember Shea Patterson making a ball like that where he, it's a 40 plus yard ball. He drops it in perfectly in stride. In stride, I like you said, everybody had to come back to the ball. Everyone came back at me and was like, oh, didn't you see DPJ against Michigan State? Okay, yeah, he threw a 25-yard pass. pass to him one freaking time. you know. And DPJ had three yards of separation by the time he got the ball. It's like, that's not a hard throw. You should make that throw as a, as a Michigan quarterback 10 times out of 10. So and where
3: did where did DPJ catch that ball? Go back and watch it. He doesn't catch it like this. He catches it like here on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. ball is behind him a little bit. He he just I I I agree with you. Like I
0: think we actually will because of the um, experience and decision making. Maybe miss Shea a little bit because we've got two new quarterbacks in and they're going to make some mistakes at the beginning of the season. But I mean. Joe Milton is going to throw the ball 80 yards. These guys know it. Dylan McCaffrey, I think, can throw it pretty well. So it's like we're going to be all pumped up for the deep ball, and I swear to God, Josh Gaddis, I will be so angry at you. I know he's listening to our podcast right now. He always does. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be so angry with him if we do not throw the ball deep once every four downs, preferably to Nico Collins.
3: From <laughs> Collins to Ronnie Bell to Jarvis Jackson to Mike Sainer still to to Nick Eubanks to uh to uh Roman Wilson to AJ Henning. I mean they've got they've got speed, they've got wide receivers that can do it. You know, we um I know you guys are big fans of Brandon Brown, I'm not really sure why, but um <laughs> but Brandon and I were sitting up in the press box for the Michigan Ohio State game last year and it was the pregame and Joe Milton was standing on the other side of the 50 yard line and he would like roll out to his left and then he would like flick his wrist and throw it across his body and he would throw like this 60 yard dart to the far corner of the end zone and the guy would like catch it and like brandon and i are looking at her going like how what wh- what is that like how does <laughs> he do that he he's he's incredible he has one of the best arms i've ever seen in my life i compared it when he was in high school watching his film, I know he wasn't incredibly accurate, but I compared it to watching him throw on the run was like watching Aaron Rodgers throw on the run. And wow. people can say, like, that's hyperbole and what are you doing comparing him? Nobody's saying Joe Milton is Aaron Rodgers or is ready to step in, but his arm strength is Aaron Rodgers-esque. Uh, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. You, it's Michael you can ask, I mean, it's it's something else.
2: You can ask Jack. He'll say it's Pat Mahomes-esque. <laughs>
3: There you go. There
1: you go. I, I was going to say. I mean, you're you're def- obviously way closer with uh, Devin Gardner than, than we are. And I know he's been working with Joe Milton a little bit. You know, recently, right? Has I mean, has he come out with anything? I mean, kind of. I'm assuming similar things to what you just said.
3: Yeah, I mean, Devin's a big fan of Joe Milton. I mean, he thinks he thinks this guy just given the opportunity, he's gonna he's gonna run with it because he's got so much. What he says to me all the time is he's got so much freak athletic ability that he's willing to admit that, that Joe Milton's a better athlete than Devin Gardner was. Um, he's a different type of athlete than Denard Robinson was. Obviously, like he's not the, the runner that Denard was, but he has a better arm. Um, he really just wants to see what this guy could do if you gave him three starts. Now, it was funny because when we were talking about this, he said, look, he's like, I don't know what happens in the Washington game, but if I was the coaches." I would play both these quarterbacks a half in the Ball stating and Arkansas State games and then let them figure out who's the guy leading up to the uh, Wisconsin game. Now that's completely off the table. All we have are the conference games. So unless Michigan starts the season somehow with Rutgers, Maryland, and, say, Michigan State, um, we're probably not going to see two quarterbacks. We're going to see whoever they think is the best quarterback.
2: Now who's, who's your quarterback, if you're willing to say? I was I gonna honestly, say we gotta ask him.
3: I honestly don't. Um, I honestly don't have a pick. I, I don't know who the starting quarterback is. Um, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't care. All I want is a quarterback who's going to be one of the ten best quarterbacks in college football because Michigan hasn't had that since Chad Henne, two thousand six. Yeah. Maybe Denard Robinson, two thousand eleven, but Denard was much more still
2: a runner than a passer um that's a, a non-answer come on now I don't, I don't <laughs> jack care. has flip flopped. Care. he's I been really all over play I really don't care <laughs> i can't be mad at that he wants a winner right I, nobody can argue with that yeah okay let's move on to our fourth down uh section here a little bit of recruiting news uh jj mccarthy in the elite 11 right i mean he plays very highly as far as uh i recall um Ro, I'm not sure if you've been following up on that. You're usually our recruiting guy.
0: No, yeah. I mean, Spath, I think a little bit more in on the He's recruiting than, than any of us. But <laughs> I have nothing to
3: say on recruiting. If this is fourth down. I got – you guys need – I need a punt.
0: Taking a if knee. You're punting on fourth down.
3: <laughs> because I honestly – football recruiting, like freshmen in, in college, football recruiting doesn't interest me at all. And I'll tell you why. Because kids decommit like crazy. Uh, because every kid is hyped up to be the next great thing. J.J. McCarthy has been a five-star, give or take, the entire time that he has been a Michigan commitment. He is, according to a lot of Michigan fans, he's the salvation. You know, if it doesn't work out with Joe Milton, if it doesn't work out with Dylan McCaffrey, if it doesn't work out with Cade McNamara, if it doesn't work out with Dan Villari, if it doesn't work out with um, with Justin Rowe and and <laughs> Payton and Jack, then J.J. McCarthy will save the day for Michigan football. And, and who cares if it's not until 2022 or 2023? JJ McCarthy is the, co- the is the Andrew Luck of Michigan football. I I, I don't care for it. I, I don't care for the way that the, the, the kids are hyped. I don't care for, you know, he's going against high school competition. He's at an elite eleven camp where, I mean, I watched some of the highlights. Did you guys see a uh, eleven man defense that he was that he was thrown against? Because all I saw of him was throwing passes to wide receivers. Look, you can take any quarterback in college football. You can take Shea Patterson. You can take Dylan McCaffrey. Or you can take um, Walton Spade. Guys, you know what you can do? You can go get John O'Corn and Steven Threet, and you can throw passes to wide receivers without a defense around. And I'll tell you what, I bet you Steven Threet and Nick Sheridan and Justin Fagan and John O'Corn and Brandon Peters look damn good throwing against nobody. So for me, Elite 11, what did JJ McCarthy do? I'm punting because I don't care in the least.
1: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring something up here and I don't know if anybody's made this comparison yet though. And I saw some of the film and I obviously he's super talented. I'm not saying that he's not, but I mean we remember Shane Morris, right? He was supposed to be the savior. Ooh, jack. I'm not I'm not saying wow. that's that's gonna happen, but it, it could happen. Like you said, like people flip-flop, things change once they get to college. I don't know. I I, I don't think I think, as Michigan fans, and we've done it, we've put him, we've labeled him as a savior. You know, it doesn't work out with, like you said, Michael, it's like, if Milton doesn't work out, if McCaffrey doesn't work out, if Felari or McNamara don't work out, we we know it's going to be J.J. McCarthy. What if that doesn't happen? I don't know. We saw it with Shane Morris. I don't know. Well, if Listen,
0: if we're to the point and neither McCaffrey or Milton work out after all we've talked about them, <laughs> and I'm going to fucking lose it. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> Like we've we've been to this point where everybody's the savior and Michigan fans are the kings and queens of putting the backup quarterback or that next guy. He's the guy, right? It's the same thing as next year is the year. Like if we aren't if we're to the point where we're to twenty twenty two or whatever, and neither of these guys have worked out with all the talent that we have, I might. I'm moving to L.A. I'll be a UCLA fan or I, I don't know. I got to maybe move continents at this point and just be a Premier League soccer fan or something. I suggest,
1: so I suggest you move to
3: Winnipeg and you just hold Craig Rose jock that's what I suggest for you.
2: So. I would pay to see that. <laughs>
3: That would that would be amazing. Dude, that's
2: that's five road tomato faces right there. Oh god.
3: Dude. Um you're right though, Justin. If if Dil McCaffrey well, comes
0: if, up with a compliment right after, yeah. Thank <laughs> you.
3: If Joe Milton, if Caden McNamara, if none of these guys pan out, I mean, you know, I know that the Jim Harbaugh this week on this teleconference said, Look, I don't think it's fair to criticize our quarterbacks. We've done this, this, and this. But Larry Foote recently, Brandon Graham recently. Every former player I talk to, Sean Crable, um, uh, James Whitley, who I spoke to recently, Devin Gardner, who I speak to all the time, um, Craig Rowe, Zoltan Mesko, Ruben Riley, every single former player I talk to, I don't even have to steer the conversation. I say, What do you think is Michigan from this Michigan football team? And every single guy says, We just don't have, we haven't had a quarterback for five years. I mean, that's what it is. Like, and you know what? You can't bullshit former players, right? Like, former players get it. They understand. And if they, said to me, if they said to me, like, you know what? We just haven't had an offensive line for five years. Or they said to me, you know what? Um, our defensive backfield stinks. They understand it better than anybody. And they have come back every single time to a man. We just haven't had, the, we just haven't had a great quarterback. So, and J.J. McCarthy, we trust.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I'm gonna. I'll drink to that. I'll just keep drinking. All of us can just keep drinking until <laughs> we, you know, maybe win a Big Ten championship or beat Ohio State in the next 27 years.
3: Well, then I'm gonna need to buy a lot cheaper scotch from now on. So N- no yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, on that happy note, um, I also <laughs> like to move. To cover another guy that's hopefully is a lot happier. I know we don't all trust these um, these uh, recruiting agencies, but I'm looking at 24/7 Sports. Xavier Worthy has 100% uh, Crystal Brawl to Michigan. He's a four-star wide receiver, and in his uh, scouting report from Brandon Huffman, it's comparing him to Deshaun Jackson.
3: Sure. Wow. Why not? Great. That's awesome. <laughs>
2: So I'll take that. Do you
0: hey Speth, do you think that so he's re, he's committing tomorrow at one
3: PM, I believe. Is
0: he coming to Michigan? Do you think?
3: Uh why not why not trust the crystal balls? They are all correct about Josh Christopher. So they oh, have these things gosh. right.
1: Yeah, really you stayed just, up all <laughs> night
3: to wait for that
1: and broke yeah. my heart. You know I what? Know.
3: I mean, I, I trust I work with Sam Webb. I trust Sam Webb. If Sam Webb tells me he's coming to Michigan, then I'll say he's coming to Michigan
1: yeah yeah say thanks for coming on and hopefully we can have you on again
3: yeah anytime honestly i really enjoyed it and it's it's i don't know why but um we've made a lot of we had a lot of fun of, of justin here so i'm not sure why that happened i'm yeah, always that's, that's weird that. weird
0: guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're never invited back so we'll see you <laughs>
3: <then>. <laughs> yeah sounds good see you later all right
2: thanks, thanks Michael. All right, welcome back from our interview with Michael Spath. And guys, I don't know about you, I thought that guy was full of information. I <laughs> thought he was full of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I we just I'm telling you, we got to get that uh, workout film with you and Craig, and just hey. do a like bar school does, just kind of follow you around all day, track <laughs> the whole thing, and be great content.
0: As, as much as I would like to actually believe I'm as good of an athlete as Craig, he would eat me for breakfast. So um, <laughs> I am going to pass on that content unless everyone wants it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take one for the team here if, if it's good content here.
1: I'd say I'd say a day in the life. Do a day in the life. You
0: got to eat everything he eats. You got to work out <laughs> the way he works out for the whole day. I mean, that would that sounds brutal. Oh my god! Well, he works out I think legitimately three times a day. So I'd be dead just from that because I do three workouts of going from the couch to the fridge every day, and <laughs> just curls.
2: only three. On, I,
0: I do a ton of 12 ounce curls, though. <laughs> if we did a drinking competition, I would crush him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, we forgot to ask uh, Spath for his zero to ninety while he was on. Married
1: um, man, man. He's going to get in trouble. I, I know the pain. Yeah, It's only been less you know, than a week, <laughs> but I know now.
0: <laughs>
1: Real quick, uh, she
2: put the ring on your finger and started laying the law down, right?
0: That, you know, right. I was dying, too, when Jack texted us earlier asking, hey, you guys want to hang out this weekend? Just boys? <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, my God. You've been married. I got to for- get away. I got to get away. <laughs> you've been Bring married up. for six days. <laughs>
3: oh Oh, Oh, man
1: oh that's that's good stuff
2: (laughs) awesome all right um well let's do our zero to 90 takes i'm not sure how prepared you guys are this week hopefully somewhat does anybody come prepared or is it going to be just throwing stuff at the wall
0: i i think we're throwing feces
2: at the wall at this point pretty regular for this show yeah (laughs) all right anybody want to go first I'll go for it. <laughs>
0: <That> <laughs> uh, was... <laughs> we're all looking at each other like, uh... <laughs> oh,
1: man.
2: All right. Ro, are you you're ready here? All right, let's go. Your zero to 90 starts now.
0: All right. So it sounds like we're still at a slim chance for football to actually happen, right? Which is sad, sad news. We all want football to happen. But there is a positive side. If football doesn't happen this year, we don't have to see Justin Fields win the Heisman. We don't have to see Ohio State go 12-0, 13-0, 14-0, 15-0, win a national championship because they have the best shot. They have probably the best team, best quarterback in the country. So I will Ooh. take no season.
2: There you go. There's your 30 seconds. Right. But I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. That's a glass half full guy right there.
0: I'm trying here as a Michigan fan who, when we haven't won anything in a while, you have to kind of, you know, get around these, these, uh, these things here and and look at it somewhat positively. I do. I love the spin you put on that. That was great. (laughs) I mean, anytime I don't have to watch Ohio state win, I'll take that 10 times out of 10.
2: All right, Jack, are you ready for your zero to 90? As ready as I'll ever be. All right, your zero to ninety starts now.
1: All right, my hot take—it's a personal goal for myself. Next Michigan hockey season, I will be—I will be watching probably ten, ten to fifteen times as much hockey as I do now. Whenever that season comes up, I'm, I'm going to be a big hockey guy. I'm going to start supporting Children of Yost and uh, my guy. Can't even remember his name, but yes, I'm going to be a hockey fan from now on. <laughs> Billy McCall, Billy McCall, assistant coach. Yes, there we go. All
2: right, there you go. Big he seven. got it over here. All right, Bill. Got it but... in under 30 seconds. So,
0: Oh, God. Hey, you
2: know. That's awesome. I,
1: these are I mean, bad. You know, and you better not have a good one this
0: time. We're, but, okay. Not really. I like it, though, because we're all about having good environments. We talked about it on our last p- uh, episode, right? We might as well go support. The team, the venue that has the best environment, we got to take that in when we can instead of just sitting here complaining. I'm all for it. We're staying positive here. I love it.
2: It's not how this show is supposed to go.
0: After (laughs) I took an absolute beating throughout the entire episode.
2: (laughs) That was entertaining.
0: Yeah, thank uh,
2: thank (laughs) you. When's Craig Craig Rowe coming on?
1: I know. I want to see Craig on here now. Hey okay, Craig, Michael, and and Justin all
0: on uh all on
1: one episode together. The they, cast. Just,
0: they'd be sitting there just shitting down my throat for an hour. <laughs> <straight>. <laughs> oh man. All right, Kaylin.
1: Are you ready? Uh yeah. All right. Let me well I'm not ready, so let me to slow down here.
0: Are you ready? Well, I'm not. (laughs) All right, Kevin, you ready?
2: Yeah.
1: Your zero to 90 starts now.
2: Okay, so I read this article on Sports Illustrated by Pat Fjord about America Realigned, a radical reimagining of the NCAA landscape. And he talks about playing a regional schedule where we are in the great Mideast with Akron, Ball State, Cincinnati. Indiana, Kent State, Maryland, Michigan State, Ohio, Ohio State, Purdue, and Toledo. I want to see that schedule. Uh, that way we can still play MSU, we can still play Ohio State, and then crush a bunch of a bunch of MAC teams.
1: Wow, right at 30 seconds. I, I loved every bit of that until you said Ohio State.
2: I was just going to say the same thing. I was like,
1: oh my
0: God, we're way off we a here we go, without come Ohio on. State.
2: <laughs> Do we want to preserve that rivalry, right? So, yeah, I mean, I get it.
0: I guess, but I'd like to Move win one. Move it to the one. beginning of the season. Move it to the beginning of the season. You know what, too? I want to say this on the end. I know, you know, we're past everything, but Notre Dame, get in a conference, join a conference. If this is all at the point where, you know, it's only conference play, you shouldn't get bailed out by the ACC, the Big Ten, anybody else. This is the time. Join a freaking conference. Don't yeah. play two lane in week 11 I, I know i wish people were just like you know what fuck you
1: you're not in a conference you don't get to play
2: not playing fuck off
1: you yeah. have to sign a 10-year deal to join whatever conference you're going to play in and then you lock them in that's yeah. what they should have done <laughs>
0: acc should have done it why like you know fuck you they they just at the acc it sounds like they're just like yeah if they want to come we'll let them come in and it's like Dude, you have the upper hand here. You could say, join, and then we'll let you in on this season. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Yeah. I'm sick of it.
2: Jack, I'm glad you got our two F-bombs in, so we're still PG-13. Just don't drop another one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got you. We'll keep it at two.
2: <laughs> well, good thing. It's right Catholic, at the end of the Catholic show.
0: League rules. <laughs> Nobody listens this far anyway. We decided that, right?
2: True. Oh, it's an explosion at this point. We're just, yeah. we're just talking whatever.
0: We're talking to ourselves right now. I've, after, like, six times of us screwing up or having bad takes, everyone's like, all right, delete, delete, unsubscribe. <laughs> by the end of the show, we have, like, half a listener, and it's my mom. I think.
2: Half a listener. She's falling asleep.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: all right. If you guys don't have anything else to add, um, I'll just wrap it up here. Uh, check us out at Blue by 90 and check us out on YouTube at Blue by 90 podcast. Um, if you have any hate mail to send us, feel free to send it to our Gmail, uh, blueby90 at gmail.com. Um, other than that, go blue.
0: Go blue. Sir.
2: Go blue. See you next
0: week.